Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for day 23 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast, where I read a book and I retell the story back to you with my own little input from time to time. And we are here for part two of A Mayhem's Love by one of my favorite authors, Bianca. Let's get into it. So picking up where we left off with the last book, Zenobia is inside of Mayhem's house. And when he gets home and calls out Kitten, he expects to only hear one voice, but he actually hears two. And when he sees the Zenobia, he pulls out his gun. And so starting with the second book, we go back a little bit from when Olena first got home. She saw a woman sitting on the steps looking like a little puppy. So she invites her in and before she can start grilling her, you know, that's when Mayhem came in, called him the name and she answered as well. And when he pulls the gun, she gets in front of him and tells him to put the gun down. But he tells her to stay out of it. And she's like, no, I won't let you shoot this woman in this house. Whatever she did can be talked about. You don't have to shoot her. Calm down. So, you know, he calms down a little bit. But when he looks back up at her, there's rage in his eyes. So he drops the gun and he goes over to Zenobia and he smacks her twice. And so she gets him off of her and then pushes him like, you know, go outside and cool off right now. But he ignores her and then starts to choke Zenobia. So Olina grabs her phone and calls Malice. And tells him, you know, you need to get over here along with your parents right away before Mayhem kills somebody. And Mayhem, while he's choking Zenobia, says, give me one good reason why I shouldn't choke you until your brain matter starts to ooze out of your ears. And she manages to say, because you still love me. And when she says that, his whole body relaxes and he lets her go. And then that's when he finally decides to go outside. But then like a few minutes later, he comes back in and says, you call my family? And so his parents come in and his mom says, you know, what's going on? Who is this? Now, we remember from the last book, he didn't tell anybody about Zenobia. Nobody knows her. So this is the first time that everybody is getting to meet her. So she... You know, they're looking for Mayhem to say something, but he doesn't say anything. So she introduces herself and she says, my name is uh, Zenobia and Mayhem and I dated eight years ago. We dated for four years, actually. And so everybody's looking at him like, what? And this is news to Olena because she asked him if he had any previous relationships and he said no. And so then she asks Zenobia why are you here after eight years what do you want money how much and you know Zenobia tells them that my son Marcus is sick he needs medical attention that I can't afford so here comes the question you know does he belong to Mayhem she says no and Mayhem's eyes water and it's just like what are you possibly crying for and Olena is thinking, you know, she's right. He does still love her. So it goes back to her original point where she 
felt like he never really loved her. He just loved having sex with her. But she turns to Zenobia and tells her that it's time for you to go. Um, But she ignores Olena and tells Mayhem, I know that you hate me, but I know that you have a heart of gold. Can you please do this for Marcus? Do this for Ankara. She doesn't want to lose her brother. And, you know, when Olena hears that name, she gets pissed off because it's like she asked Mayhem, did he know who that was? And he said no. So this is what, like the third lie that he's told. And so Mayhem asks how much. And then Olena cuts him off and says, if you didn't know Mayhem, what would you do? So go do that then. But he still asks how much and Zenobia's eyes light up and she says a million dollars. And Olena's like, girl, you are out of your mind. Get out. And Zenobia says, I honestly didn't mean to intrude on you and your wife's life. She's not my wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Your girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend either. And it's just like, really, nigga? You just got to make that clear to your ex bitch that just walked back in the door that I'm not your girlfriend or your wife. And Olena says, I'm so glad you clarified that. I hope she milks you dry for everything you have and then leave you again. Fuck you delete my number and she walks out and it's just like even cam has to tell him you are so wrong for that and as she sits in her car she wants to cry but she gives herself like this pep talk like man i ain't no bitch i got niggas out here that want me okay this one nigga fucked me over it's cool and the bracelet that he just gave her with their initials on them she takes it off and she throws it out her car window because, you know, she's feeling like, I'm done with this nigga once and for all. We, we done. And Mayhem is, like, in a trance. He know he shouldn't have said it, but it's just, like, looking, after, looking at this woman after eight years, he just doesn't know what to do. And he knows that Olena thought that he was basically telling Zenobia that she meant nothing to him, but that's not true. But it's like, that's basically what you did, though. You could have said that she was your girlfriend, your lady, whatever. But it's just like, she's not my wife. She ain't my girlfriend either. So it's just like, damn, I guess I ain't shit to you. So how you gonna say you, that's not true? Nigga, I can't tell. Um, So Mayhem's mom, Mama Bailey, asks, so where's the father? And Zenobia's looking at Mayhem like she doesn't know what to say. He's like, shit, tell him where he at. And... So she says, Mayhem killed him in front of me when, and she's just like, she don't want to say it. And Cam just said, girl, we got kids to get home to. What the hell? What happened? He caught me having sex in our house and he shot him right there in my face. I still have nightmares about it. Girl, don't nobody give a damn about your nightmares. You should have been cheating. You swear you know this man so well, you just should have waited. Um... And Mayhem says, yeah, I did. Imagine walking into the house that you paid for. You getting ready to propose. You getting ready to ask if you can adopt uh, this woman's child. And it's like, that's what you walk into. And then he says, and then when I'm finally moving on and getting some type of happiness, here you come again, begging for money and shit. It's just like you refuse to let me be happy. 
And then you begging, you begging for money for a kid that doesn't even belong to me, but you gave him my initials. Like, what's up with that? And, um, so he tells her, get the fuck out of my house. And I'm for real this time. If I ever see you again, I'm gonna let my girl dog walk you. The nerve of you to come into my house begging, not even an apology. You don't even offer an apology first. You just come straight begging for money and not a little piece of money, bitch, a million dollars. Like her mama Bailey tells mayhem to come into the next room to talk to them alone and when he get up he looks at his mom and she done she got on an old pair of nikes she got some shorts and a t-shirt on her hair pulled back into a ponytail mama came prepared to fight not knowing what the situation was but when they get into his bedroom and the moment his dad closes the door mama bailey smacks the hell out of him she said, that's for talking to that young lady like that. No matter what she did to you, she is still a woman. I'm a woman. And how would you feel if a man talked to your mother like that? You're going to apologize to her. Then she smacks him again. And he's like, man, mom, chill. The daddy said, what you going to do if she don't? And she says, that's for doing Olena like you did. The way you dismissed her is enough for her to leave you alone forever. And if she does, I wouldn't blame her. You jumped yourself into her life. She didn't ask to be with you or even get swooped up into your life. You did that, not her. And then you dismiss her like that. And, you know, this caused him to step back for a minute. He's like, you know, please don't speak that into the universe. I know like all of what you just said is true, but please don't do that. I do not want to be done with her. And his mom says, after you apologize to Olena, you're going to leave her alone until you get closure that you need from that woman out there. Clearly, there is something there. Whether it's love or hate, it's something. And it's like, that's true. Because even after eight years, before she even showed up, you don't even want to speak her name. You're in therapy, really, because of that. And you still don't even talk to your therapist about it. So you do need to get some type of closure, no matter what it is. And... His mom says, you know, you're also going to give her that million dollars. And he's about to say bullshit. But before he can even get the shit out, she's snapping. And she says, you took that child's father away from them. So that is the very least you can do. So while she is here, you are going to get the closure that you need. And he says, ain't no closure to get. She cheated and had a baby. I'm done. And his mom says, if everything was closed, then you wouldn't have a problem giving her the money now, would you? And it's like, uh, Mama Bailey... I would I would have a problem just giving my money away just because. Yeah, I got it, but so what? I don't owe them anything. And she also tells him, you're going to go out there and apologize to that young lady. You are going to let her know that you are going to give her that money. And you are also going to make amends with your daughter and bring her to me. You are going to apologize to Alina for how you treated her tonight. Do you understand me? And of course, it's like, man, you getting pumped out by your parents. You can't say no. So, you know, of course, he agrees. So when he goes out there and tells her, you know, like, I'm going to give you the money. She jumps up and walks around the table, like with her arms open as if she's expecting him to embrace her. And he tells her, I'll break your face if you put your hands on me, which is so true. It's just like, bitch. I was just choking you out. Just because I agreed to give you the money don't mean I had a change of heart. Get the fuck away from me. And then she says, I know this is too much to ask, but can one of you give me a ride back to my motel? I don't have any extra change after the motel, the bus ticket for Ankara and me and the cab ride over. And it's just like, do you ever stop begging? 
Damn, you just got a million dollars and now you asking for a ride too because you don't have any money. Did nobody tell you to quit your damn job? And so once again, Mama Bailey says he'll take you home. And so he has to take her home. And when they're going outside to his car, Zenobia steps on the bracelet that Olena threw out the window. And Mayhem is pissed about it, but it's just like, can you really be mad? Like, hell yeah, I'm going to throw this bracelet. Anything you gave me, nigga, here, take all that shit. And... Zenobia says she's pretty, but I didn't think she was your type. And he's like, why are you talking to me? We are not friends. And you don't know what my type is. Sit over there and shut up. Make no mistake about it. You lucky my girl called my parents or I would have sent you back to wherever you came from with no money. If it was up to me, I wouldn't give you anything. So if anything, you need to be thanking my mama. Don't be thanking me. And when they get to the hotel, she says, well, Ankara is in the room. She would be happy to see you. She still hasn't forgotten your face. She still calls you dad, even though I explained to her that you weren't her father, just the person who took care of us for the first four years of her life. So he's like, man, I, I ain't got the energy tonight. I'll, my mom want to meet her, so I'll come pick her up tomorrow so she can meet my family. And this is now when she wants to apologize for what it's worth. It's not worth anything. You came hand out first. And then when somebody told you about yourself, how you ain't apologize for what you did. Then you want to apologize now that you know you got the money coming. Like, girl, get the fuck out of my car. But he tells her, you know, give me Ankara's number so I can text her and let her know what time to be in the lobby. So basically, it's like, bitch, you're not even invited to this dinner. I'm just coming to pick her up. And you can stay in a hotel room for all I care. Like, stop fucking talking to me. Um, But before he goes to bed, he leaves Olena a voicemail. Because, of course, she's she don't block his number. But the voicemail still can get through. And he says, Olena, baby girl, I am so sorry. If you could just unblock me and give me a chance to explain everything to you, I promise that I didn't mean to say what I said at all. It was just that I was in a trance after seeing her again. You know you my girl, my baby mama, my lady. I'm sorry for embarrassing you in front of her. I can assure you that I don't have any feelings for her. Just let me explain. I promise I won't leave anything out. And so after he hangs up, he waits to see, you know, like if she's going to unblock him and talk to him. But of course she doesn't. And so the next day after he gets the cashier's check, he leaves another voicemail for Olena and she doesn't answer. So... He's going to pick the lock in her door because he knows if he just goes up and knocks, she's not going to open the door. So to save from kicking down the door, he's just going to pick the lock. And when he goes in, he hears music and his first thought is that she has a man in there. So he pulls his gun out, but he hears her on speakerphone with her friend Tawana. Is it Tawana or Tawana? Taiwan that's her name her name is Taiwan um and so he backs up against the wall to hear their conversation and Tawan says I know you're upset and you have every right to be but the reality of it is you are not his girlfriend and you're not his wife either I guarantee he didn't mean it that way because the nigga loves you he has a strange way of showing it but he does the only thing that you have a right to really be mad at is that he gave you the same name that he gave another bitch and for lying about not having kids. 
and she's still on this thing he doesn't have kids she said that she is the only dad he knows and it's like sidebar sweetheart if that's the case then that is her daddy like I know you like okay yeah there's no blood between them but sometimes you know a bond is better than official titles and such you know what I mean you know like what charisma was saying like this is this will work in that situation but not in the shit she was talking about and Taiwan says the same thing I said no if if he is the only dad she knows then that nigga's her daddy and don't make excuses for him end of story now you have a decision to make because this noby bitch isn't going anywhere i'm like i don't understand why everybody calling her by her nickname we not cool like that that's i guess that's a pet peeve of mine it's like if we not friends there's no nicknames or anything like that i'm calling you by your name but um where was i so she said you know she's not going anywhere and you know mayhem loves kids and he had to love that girl and her daughter because he took care of her for four years See, from everything you told me last night, Mayhem still has feelings for that girl. So let that shit go. And so, <clears throat> Olina starts to agree. She says, I feel a way because I never thought that I would get this chance with him. We had fun. We have fun together. I love being his sub. I love when he straps me down. I love when he kisses me. I love our talks. Mayhem is crazy, but he is so fun to be with. I thought that I was breaking him. And, you know, like, she's about to cry. And Taiwan tells her, girl, we don't cry over these niggas. I know you got niggas lined up to be back up on your team. Dry them tears. I can send you a plane ticket to come out here for a few days to clear your head. You good. But Olena says, no, I'm strong. I've been through worse. And so at this point, Mayhem walks around the corner and sees her sitting at a desk on her computer. And he wraps his hands around her mouth. And tells her to hang up the phone. And she couldn't say anything because his hands was over her mouth. But Taiwan is yelling like, hey, hey, what's going on? And Olena scoots her chair back, wraps her arms around his neck and flips him over her computer desk. So the desk is broken, you know, when she flips him over. And this fool calls her a crazy heifer. It's like, nigga, you broke into my house coming up behind me putting your hands around my mouth but i'm a crazy heifer because i flipped you over i don't know who you are and she says i got your crazy heifer and she's getting ready to kick him in the side but he hits her foot away and it knocks her off balance calling causing her to fall on her face and like bruise up her face so she runs into the bedroom and like closes and locks the door and he kicks it open and manages to move away just in time as she fires up her taser. And so, you know, they're fighting until they hear freeze. And it's the police at the door. And oh, but before that, excuse me, when she's telling him to let me go, he tells her to calm down before you lose my baby. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm not pregnant. Get away from me. And then that's when the police say freeze. And they ask him, Mr. Bailey, are you okay? And if I'm Olena, I'm like, excuse me, this is my house. How are you asking him if he okay? Get out. And, you know, like arrest him. And they tell her, ma'am, calm down. But Mayhem says, you know, everything is cool. Me and the mother of my child just had a disagreement. And it's like, nigga... <laughs> 
whatever. Um, but the police say, like, are you sure you're okay? Because looking at Olena, she has a dark bruise on the side of her face from when she fell. And he has a cut on his forehead. And there's blood dripping down. So it's just like, y'all sure y'all all right up in here? And, you know, he says, yes, everything is fine. And the police leave because, of course, they're probably on his payroll. And once again, he's asking for a chance to explain. And she tells him, just leave, please. I don't want to fight with you anymore. You played me. And she tells him, you know, you think she only wants money. Your former kid is trying to get her claws back into you. I need to know for sure that you are completely over her because you're not. Your body completely relaxed when she said you still loved her. I saw it. So it is what it is. It was fun. Let yourself out. And he swears. And, oh, excuse me. He's like, I swear that I don't have any feelings for her. You know, what can I do to make you feel secure with me? And she tells him that she should make him get down on his knees and eat her out. And so that's exactly what he does. So they are back on good terms again. And when they're done, he's looking at his head in the mirror and says, you better be lucky. I'm in love with you. Otherwise, I would beat your ass for scarring me up like this. And she's like, wait, skirt on 22s. We're in love. And he says, you know, you don't have to think about what I said. I said what I said. I'm in love with you. You're crazy. I'm crazy. You made me this way. And it's like, no, nigga, you was crazy before then. Don't don't put that on me. So. And her thing is, she doesn't want to have to deal with Zenobia. Like, she's not letting this go. And she's also insistent that Ankara is not his daughter. And he's like, you know, what's the problem? Like, why are you acting like this? And she's like, I don't want to be a stepmom. I'm sorry. I can't do this. I don't want to share you with anyone. And, okay, so say you reconnect with Ankara. Then this bitch is going to be calling you at all times of the night. You know, claiming that it's pertaining to y'all quote-unquote daughter daughter and mayhem says you know she's 12 she has her own phone her mom wouldn't need to call me at all and olina's like man i'm not falling for that i already know how this is gonna go you already gave her the money you picking up on car for dinner and the next thing you know they're gonna be asking you to go with them for her son's surgery you guys are gonna reconnect and you know then fall in love but mayhem cuts her off and says you know you're thinking too far ahead into the future and let me tell you something. I love you and only you. I'm yours. I don't want that girl. I don't even look at her like that no more. Once you fuck me over, I'm done with you forever. I promise you that. I'm sorry for putting you in a space where you have to question your place in my life. That's my fault for putting you in that headspace. You my boo, my baby, the mother of my child, my loony in the head girlfriend, and I plan on making you my wife. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, and he puts the bracelet back on her wrist and says, you are my girlfriend, Olena Hill. I'm officially taking you off the market. you mine. And he says, we're going to work day by day to make this work for the sake of our child. And she's like, why do you keep saying that I'm pregnant? And he's like, because you are. I'm just waiting for you to find out. And it's like, how do the men know you pregnant before you are? And I've read that like in a few of these books. And he leans in to kiss her and she smacks him. He's like, man, what was that for? And she said, you didn't think you were getting off the hook that easy, did you? You still gave me another bitch's name. I'm mad about that. Boyfriend or not, I'm going to punish you. And so 
he says, he asks her again, you know, like, what do I have to do to make you feel secure with me? I'll do anything. And so her proposition is her being his madam for the night. He has to agree. And at first he's hesitant, like, I've never done that before. And she says, well, either you can agree or get out. The next words out of your mouth better be, yes, ma'am, you can be my dom or your actions better align with you walking out that door. So he agrees and she smirks saying those ultimatums are a bitch, aren't they? Because when he killed, which one was it? Jacoby. And she came in the house and he was like, either go pick out a table or get out. It's just like, hmm. And so he tells her, you know, you're right. Now you go in there and get ready for dinner. And when they go to pick up on Kara, she texts Mayhem and said, you know, I invited my mom. I hope that's okay. Not, I, he should have said no. Like, I know that we're reconnecting, but I really don't want to be around your mom. I'm sorry. That's just, it's a deal breaker. But of course, you know, she's coming. And before they, like, before they get in the car, Alina asks him, you know, how do, how do you know that this girl ain't lying? Have you had Frank look into her in her life? I mean, it's been eight years since you saw her. And Mayhem agrees, but he's going off what his mama said and he doing what his mama said. And when they, they are at the hotel, but when he gets out, gets out to greet Ankara, excuse me, you know, she runs into his arm and she's crying and they're just hugging each other. And it's a beautiful moment. And then Olina looks past them and sees Zenobia walking out. She got on high heels and above the knee wraparound dress and her Cleveland is spilling out. And, you know, like all of her thoughts, she's like, I know I'm right. Look, that bitch wouldn't be dressing like that if she didn't still want him. It's like if you just come into dinner with him and his family, why are you dressing like this? Especially when it, well, she don't know that, but it's like, bitch, you don't dress like this on a regular day basis. You telling on yourself. And so Mayhem opens the door for Ankara and let, and helps her in the car. And then Zenobia tries to give Mayhem a hug, but he like, you know, steps out of her way. Like, girl, why do you still think we cool like that? I done mushed her in the face. I'm sorry. I don't care. And I know you men ain't supposed to put their hands on whatever. I'd mush her. Cause I'm like, you ain't gonna learn until I beat the fuck out you to get away from me. And so then she opens the passenger door because the tent is on the car, so she can't see that Olina is in there. And she looks surprised when she sees Olina, and Olina says, Get your ass in the back. And so it's pretty quiet while they're riding until Ankara like yells into Olina's ear hey and it's just like girl goddamn. <laughs> and she asks if Olina is her dad's girlfriend and she says yes I am and Ankara calls her pretty and tells her you know I want to be a doctor just like you so Zenobia Hayden is gonna tell Ankara to sit back man like man she fine shut up well he ain't tell her to shut up but you know basically like she's good she can talk to my girlfriend and Ankara asks if she can go to work with Olina and she can give her her first wax. And she's like, absolutely not. The most I would do for a 12-year-old is wax your eyebrows. And, you know, maybe while you're here, I can show you my workspace that I'm working in. And, of course, here goes Zenobia again. Well, you're not going to be doing anything to me and Mayhem's child. And it's just like, once again, she tells Ankara to sit back. 
Alina turns around because she's about to cuss her out, but Mayhem snaps like twice and tells her no. So then, of course, she's just nitpicking Zenobia. She's like, oh, he got you trained good, huh, kitten number two. So, of course, she turns around again because it's like, it ain't no, it ain't that much snapping in the world. And you keep trying to tell me to be the bigger person. It's only so much of the bigger person I can be because if she continues to pick and pick and pick, I'm going to say something too. And she says, all right, look, you already on strike two and a half. After strike three, I'm going to knock them pretty little lips backward and don't care who sees it. Are you are we clear, kitten number one, since you want to do one and two? And she says, I'm not easy to scare and I know how to fight. So keep it cute. First and last warning. And Zenobia tries to say something again, but Ankara tells her mom, just be quiet. I don't want dad to leave me again. Who are you telling to be quiet? She's talking to you. You do need to be quiet before I make you walk back to the hotel. And so when they get to his parents' house, Zenobia apologizes and says, look, I'm sorry about the way I acted in the car. I'm just stressed about my son and his sickness. Please forgive me. It's like, girl, what you were saying and what you were doing have nothing to do with the fact that your son is sick at all. And Olina tells her, well, don't let your son and his sickness be the reason you get your ass kicked. And Mayhem tells her she's wrong for that. And she says, no, I'm not. You better pray that she keeps it cute or I'm going to smack her so hard her head is going to spin around. And when they walk in the door, Mama Bailey sees Mayhem and says, son, what happened to your head? And Olina has makeup on, so they can't see her bruised cheek. And all he says is, me and my woman had a little disagreement. And his mom smirks at that. So while they're having dinner, Zenobia notices a picture on the wall and asks if it was taken in San Martin. Or is it Martin? I'm not sure. Um, And Cam says, yes, that's where we got married. How did you know? And she says, because Pryor and I went there several times. It's so beautiful. And then she turns to Olina and says, has he taken you? And it's less like, bitch, why do you want to know? And, like, why do you feel special? Like, just call him Mayhem. Prior and I. It's like, bitch, okay, you know his real name. Whoop-dee-doo. And even if he did take her to the same place, why? Like, we're not going to sit and compare notes and see if we did the same thing. And Olena says, nope, I have a job, so I can't just leave the country whenever the wind blows. And she says, oh, that's right. You do work. It's like, bitch... Before you resigned from your job, you was working too. Don't make it seem like you just been a kept bitch all this time. And Alina says, working is something I love to do. It's rewarding. And what's even more rewarding is the fact that my man's money is my money and my money is my money. Now that's a concept. Then Papa Bailey just flat out asks Zenobia, when are you leaving? And she says tomorrow... Because she spoke to the doctor and, you know, things are looking good for the surgery. They're trying to get it done as quick as possible. And so Cam asks her, you know, are you single? Where do you live? And she tells him that she lives in Arizona, but she doesn't say anything about whether she's single. And Alina says to her, man, this bitch probably married somewhere, which she is. And, you know, you right, girl. But it's going to come out later. And then Ankara asks Mayhem if he will come 
to Haiti with them. And Olena is looking at him upside his head like, I told you. See, I told you. I know all this shit about to go down exactly how I said it. And you stay trying to make me seem like I'm crazy when I know exactly what is about to happen. And so Zenobia adds on, I think that's a great idea for Marcus to see the man who saved his life when he wakes up. And Olena's like, yeah, the doctor's. Oh, I get it. You're threatened because he still loves me. It's okay, girl. I won't bite at him unless he bites at me. You do know about that obsession, right? He loves to get bitten. And that's it. Olena gets up and smacks her with everything that she has in her body. And Mayhem is just sitting there looking crazy because she's revealed another one of his secrets. And she tells him, take care of that bitch before you breathe another word to me and I mean that shit and you know he's like baby wait but she's like man I ain't even trying to hear that Cam can you take me on please and he swears that he hates Zenobia as much as she does and she shouldn't let her get her all worked up like that you know she's just talking shit because she knows she can get under your skin look at me I promise to God I am no I am in no way shape form or fashion in love with her you need to stop stressing because if you lose my baby i'm gonna kill you dead ass especially if you lose it over stress and you have no reason to be stressed all i know is if you get on that plane and go to haiti we are over and so while cam is taking her home she tells you know like they're talking about the situation and cam says i don't believe in that closer shit however i do believe if if he gets on that plane and goes with them he won't fuck her why you say that it's just something about the bailey family they are one and done if you screw them over they will be done with you i know mayhem is done with that woman but it's up to you to believe that and i don't so Zenobia is stuck on the fact that she believes Mayhem still loves her and she knows him better than anybody, especially Olena. But it's like you claim to know him so well. So how didn't you know that if you just gave him a little bit more time, you would be getting everything that you wanted as far as meeting his family and getting the ring and being his woman? Like, how didn't you know that? But you swear you know him better than anybody. But after Olena smacked her, Mayhem put her out of the house and made her sit on the steps until they were done. Which, bitch, you are desperate. Like, real desperate. Because ain't no way I would have left. Ain't no way. And so they are back. You know, she got the check. And they're back in. They're on their way. Because I keep wanting to say they're back in. But they're on their way to Arizona. And Ankara hasn't spoke to her since then. And she told, like, Ankara tells her mom that she was wrong for trying to make Olena feel insecure about her relationship. And, excuse me, while they're on the bus on the way back to Arizona, Ankara phone, like, lights up in her hand while she's asleep. And it's a message from Mayhem. And he's asking, like, how far along they are, how he misses her already, and how he loves her he never stopped and how he was there for like all of the firsts in her life and he never thought that he would see her again and he doesn't want her to think that he just walked away from his responsibilities and he says that he hates that she came back into his life this way but he's glad because he did miss her and he loves her so 
Zenobia takes her phone and writes back, well, maybe you can tell me the story in Haiti. I'm sure that we will have a lot of downtime to talk and get to know each other all over again. Can I ask you a question and you be completely honest? Do you really hate my mom? Is Alina going to be my stepmom? Or is she just a, you know, can you see yourself ever getting back with my mom if she apologizes for what she did? And she's trying to make herself sound as if she's 12. So he won't be suspicious that it's actually her asking all these questions instead of Ankara. So he responds and he says, I'll do my best to go to Haiti. But in response to your first question, no, I don't hate your mother. I just hate her actions. And they caused me to miss out on eight years of your life. The second question, yes, yes, as far as Olina being her stepmother, he says, you know, I really loved her. I really love her, not love. And the third question, hell no, I will never get back with your mother. Not ever. Your mom will always have a piece of my heart, but no, I will never get back with her. And it's like she erases the messages after she reads them. And it's just like, why can't you take that for what it is? Because he's mayhem doesn't lie. He don't care who it is. He gives everybody the truth. So after you've read that and it's clear that he doesn't hate you, he's he will just never be with you again. But anyway, she receives a call from Santana and she declines it because she got a call from the hospital. He hasn't been by to visit Marcus not once since they've been in Chicago. And so now after the surgery, she's thinking about getting a divorce because he's brought her down long enough. It's like, girl, you've been with that man for eight years. Just let him do whatever. You might as well continue. So it's two days later and they're back at home and Ankara really still isn't talking to her mom. And she tells her mom, I'm very upset with you. I have never heard you talk like that or seen you act like that. You treated Miss Olina so bad and she didn't do anything to you. Leave my dad alone. I mean that, mom. You've had your chance with him and you messed up, not him. And she knows she's right. And so then she decides she's going to make up with Santana that night. And so later she dropped Ankara off at a friend's house. And, you know, she's going to spend the night with him. And then Marcus is in the hospital. So they have the home all to themselves. But while she's sitting, she done made dinner lit candles and he's still not home so she goes to the studio to find him and when she walks in there she hears moaning and figures that he's cheating with another woman but then when he walks in he hear she hears a man's voice and so she's running out and a woman is coming in and she says excuse me were you back there with my husband who are you i'm brighton's wife but i sh i'm sure that you knew that and Zenobia tries to warn her. She's like, don't go back there. Whatever you do, don't go back there. Just leave. And Elaine's like, girl, get out of my way. And as she's leaving out the door, she hears the woman's blood curling scream. So she gets in her car and she heads home. And she thinks this is another punishment from God for cheating on the best man that could have ever happened to her. God don't work like that, but sure um that's your own self-pity and you know she gets a call from Santana on the phone and he's acting so normal and 
I had to highlight this because it just sounded so weird. He didn't even sound like a man who was gay. And it's just like, what does that even mean? Not all, like, that's such a stereotype. But, and she says, I believe gay people are normal, but gay men who had wives are just, are just not normal to me, especially gay men who are on the DL. And it's just like, okay, we're not going to get into that. Like, I'm not going to do all that. But he comes home and he's acting completely normal. And then there's knocks on the door and he tries to beat her to the door, but she opens it. And the lady she ran into at the studio is standing there with like bags and stuff and says, I came to give your husband my husband's things. I don't want anything to do with his gay behind anymore. And it's just like, girl, if she didn't know, I mean, which she did know, but if she didn't know, why would you just come to her door like that? And she tells her, you might want to get tested because I searched everything and he has been fucking your husband for years, unprotected. And he has been fucking many other men too. Sorry you had to find out like I did. Anyway, take care of yourself. And she drops the suitcases and just leaves. So she turns to look at Santana and tells him to get out, get your shit and leave. And he says, I'm not going anywhere. This is my house as well as yours. I've been paying the bills around here since you've been out of work. So if anything, you can get your ass out. And she threatens to call the cops. And he's like, please do. My name is on the deed just like yours. So what are we going to do? You can't kick me out. And unfortunately, she can't. It's been four days since Mayhem has told Olina that he's going to Haiti and she hasn't said anything to him you know like when she's not feeling in a good mood she puts on all black and that's exactly what she did and she's just not talking to him and he feels as if he's being punished for trying to be a good dad and he's thinking like I'm not even going to spend that much time with Novi while I'm there because he doesn't want her to have any ammunition to try to make Olina jealous and make it seem like they are trying to get back together and he tells Olina, look, I'm tired of us walking around here like teenagers. You mad at me? I get it. Look, I love you and I love Ankara. She wants me there with with her. I feel like this is a time where I can get to know her even better. This is not about Zenobia. I promise you, I don't want that woman. How can I prove that to you? By not going to Haiti. You don't have to go. And so she is trying to break up with him. And, you know, she's like, I feel bad because I feel as if I'm asking you to choose between me and a kid you took care of in her younger years. And I don't want that. I would feel like an awful person but for trying to make you choose. And he's like, you know, Ankara is a great kid. She's smart and she's funny. She talks about shadowing you all the time, how she wants to be like you. And Olina says, you know, she's a great kid. I'm not refuting that. I don't want to have to deal with Zenobia that still loves you and that you still love. And he once again has to tell her, you know, I don't love her. I love you. I don't know what else I'm going to have to do to get you to prove that. This is not about being a stepmother. This is about Zenobia. You really think in your head that I'm in love with her. And she tells him, you know, you're talking about going to a different country with this woman for a whole month you can't even go five days without sex let alone a month and he's like you know i'm not going out there for sex or to be with her i'm going for my daughter that's it 
You want to know how I really know you want to fuck that bitch? I know you I know you want to because you never once invited me. I waited. The day you told me you were going, I waited for you to say, Olena, do you want to come? I waited for you to say, come with me. But no, you said none of that. Had you asked, I would have said no. But it's the principle behind it. For you to be so smart, you're so dumb. Fuck you. And she walks out and he has to think about it. He's like, damn, she's right. I know I would look like a fool to ask her now, but in all my excitement to spend time with Ankara, he completely uh, passed over, you know, trying to accommodate Olina in a way. So later that night, he's telling his dad, his goddad Trent, Frank and Malice what's going on. And they're all just staring at him, looking as if he's stupid. And his dad tells him, well, you have to go. You know, because you, you made a promise and I told you, if you don't stand on anything else, all you have is your word. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Frank is making fun of him. He's like, man, I told you, the day you called me asking, me, asking me if I had fucked her, I told you she was not about to have me out here looking like a crackhead looking for his next fix. Now look at you. Can't even think straight. <laughs> I'm sorry. That part cracked me up. And... <clears throat> excuse me where was i and who was this trent he said y'all just got in a relationship and now you want her to play stepmom and have to deal with the bitch who clearly still wants you you don't see where the problem lies here and he's like yeah i see and frank tells him you know did you know she was married she got married shortly after moving to arizona her husband signed the birth certificate for her son marcus and he pulls out a file. He tells him his name, how he's a young guy. And he had the file sent over this morning. So Mayhem is looking through it, looking at the names and all that stuff. And there's pictures of him and just everything, how he couldn't hold a job. And then there's pictures of him having sex with the producer, manager guy, whichever one he is. And Malice tells him, don't you start feeling bad for that girl. She's been married for eight years. She had to know her. She, that's her life. Don't call yourself trying to fix it for her. Don't reconnect with her. No nothing. And he says, you know, I don't feel bad for her. Man, let me take uh, several shots of liquor so I can go home and be ignored by my crazy baby mama. And he's sitting out in the driveway and he calls Olina again, but he knew that she wouldn't answer and he goes straight to voicemail. So... He leaves her another voicemail saying, hey, girl, I love you. I don't want nobody else but you. I dropped all my holes for you. I've killed for you. And I do it again if you ever be on some goofy type shit. I can't wait to get home to stare at your back while you pretend to be asleep. That's real love right there. Like, real love. Um, I'll do whatever I got to do to prove to you that I'm for you. See, you got me leaving sappy ass voicemails on your line. I don't leave voicemails on Lena Hill. Look, you fucked up my life, if we're being honest, Olina. I was very content just fucking these hoes and spending money whenever I felt like it. I was content with my life before you decided that you wanted to... Well, we don't have to rehash that. <laughs> Your fault you made me crazy. I just want to love you, baby. Let me do that shit. I love different and you know that. Mayhem stops at a Walgreens to pick up some pregnancy tests because he's pretty sure that olina is pregnant so while he's picking them up 
someone says, well, I hope you're buying mine as well because I am coming to confirm what I already know. So he looks over and it's charisma and he tells her, you might as well, no, charisma tells him that you might as well go home and let your little girlfriend know that her kid is going to have a brother or sister born around the same time. And he tells her now charisma, you know, I strapped up every time with you. I dispose my own condoms. I wish you nothing but the best, but please don't disturb me and my girlfriend with this bullshit. So when he pulls up into his driveway, he picks up his phone to call Olena again because her car isn't in the driveway and she never parks inside of the garage. So, and you know, he would rather look at the back of her head with her not talking to him than her being at her own place and him having to wonder what she's doing because you know if he got a wonder that means he pulling up with the black gloves and the guns and we ain't got time for that so he leaves her another voicemail while he's walking through the house and he sees that the light is on from the table room and he hasn't been in there in the while in a while and he doesn't remember leaving the light on so when he walks that way as he's leaving the voicemail his voice trails off because he sees who's in the uh table room and so we're going back a few hours earlier and this is Olena's point of view. She's pissed because he let Zenovia come in and get what she wanted and she compares her to a fly at a cookout who doesn't know how to go away. And she knows that it was his mom that told him to give her the money, but she ain't going away. And two, he's going to Haiti and didn't even invite her. You know how you see your friends out and be like, damn, they didn't invite me. You know, you're not going anyway, but the invite would be appreciated. And that's so me. I've been invited so many times. It's just like, fam, no, but thank you so much. And then today, well, yesterday I actually did get invited. And then when I got it in my mind to go, I got left behind. So I guess I just should have stayed at home anyway. Anyway, so... Olena's just thinking that she's like, you know, next thing she's going to be moving back to Chicago and Chicago simply isn't big enough for both of them. And she doesn't dislike Ankara. It's the situation, which I totally understand. It's like, it's not the kid's fault. It's just the situation. So although it may appear that she's being mean to Ankara, it's not about Ankara. It's about the situation and the fact that your mama is about to try to wiggle her way back into my man's life and I'm so sorry that it didn't work out for y'all but this is my man and she knows that they're in love but it's just hard for her to swallow like Olena knows that Mayhem loves her and she loves Mayhem but it's just really hard so it's her inside of the table room you know when he came home and he saw her she's all dressed up she got her heels on and they're having a scene and at the end of the scene, she says, nope, not at the end. I'm so sorry. In the middle, she tells him, you know, I thought I was special to you, but she ball gagged him. So he really couldn't respond to that. And then when she took the ball gag out, he called her doll. So instead of kidding, her new sub name is doll. But at the end, she left him tied up in there for 30 minutes and he managed to get himself you know, un, 
what what should I say? Like unstrapped, I guess, and off the table and then like reversed it on her. And so now after they've had sex, they're back to being in love and working on their relationship. But also he has one table where it's like a gynecologist table. So he strapped her into it and forced her to pee into a cup. And that's when he pulled out all the pregnancy tests and, you know, basically followed all the instructions. So Olena is in fact pregnant and she is going to be a mom. And they're laying in bed talking about it. And it seems as if she's attempting to say she might want an abortion. And he tells her, I want my child. If you don't want to be a mom, then sign your rights over to me and I'll never fuck with you again. And she's like, uh, if you would just listen, that's not what I was saying. I was just saying that this relationship is moving kind of fast. And so the next day when they're going to her OG BYN, because she has a close relationship with her gynecologist. So that's who she wants to see during her pregnancy. And while they're on the ride there, Mayhem says, you know, can I tell you something without you overreacting? And she immediately like snatches her hand away from him and like moves over away. And it's like, damn, I ain't even said nothing yet. And you already acting crazy. And she's like, I already know you about to say some bullshit. So he tells her about charisma saying that she might be pregnant with his baby, but there's no possible way that that's his baby. But she still feels a way about that. And while they're sitting there waiting for the doctor to come in, he asks her to make him an Instagram page because he wants to document, you know, all of the moments of her pregnancy. And I just thought that was cute. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when the doctor walks in, she looks at Mayhem with a smirk and he thinking like, damn, where she know me from? And like Olina said, she has a close relationship with her gynecologist. So she's told her everything even about her crush on him for back in the day and how she's always felt about him and Ankara calls um Mayhem and tells him that she overheard her mom talking to her aunt Paris and they're moving back to Chicago and you know this kind of fucks him up because everything that Olena was telling him that was going to happen is actually happening. And so he takes Olena home and he goes to visit his parents because he, you know, he wants to talk to them about it and get their insight on it. And this causes his parents to go down memory lane. So they're telling like all the trials and tribulations of their relationship. And something that Mayhem never knew was that at one point his mom was pregnant with twins. He was supposed to have a twin sister, but because of all the stress she was dealing with, with his dad back in the day, it caused her to lose one baby, which was the sister. And she only had them. So his parents, what he thought was a perfect relationship, they lay down that, boy, please, ain't nothing perfect about our relationship, but we made it through. And they've been married for 40 years. <sighs> So Olena is watching Mayhem pack for his trip and, you know, she's in her feelings once again. And he picks this time as he's packing for his trip to tell her that Zenobia and the kids are moving to Chicago. So, of course, this pisses her off. And he's like, you know, I promise I meant to tell you. And 
she's like, you know what? I'm going home. But he tells her, you can't run every time you don't get your way, which is true. That is one thing that gets on my nerves. It's like, I get that you're upset, but you're not even trying to fight for your relationship. I get it. I know that is some bullshit going on, but it's like, you've been in love, quote unquote, in love with this man since you were 15 years old. And now that you finally got him, every time one little thing happens, you just ready to run. I know you got your crew of niggas that you could easily go to, but if you want this relationship, you got to fight for it a little bit, girl. And, you know, she just tells him, this is not going to work. We're going to have to co-parent. I just don't need the extra stress that Zenobia moving here is going to bring. You told her I'm pregnant? And he's like, man, no, I don't talk to her. Why would I tell her that you're pregnant? We don't have any type of conversations. And... She's like, why would she tell you that she's pregnant? Oh, no. He tells her, you know, she is or was pregnant. She has a husband. Turns out he's gay. So she's probably moving here to get away from him. And that's when she asks, you know, why would she tell you that she was married if y'all don't talk? And he's like, you know what? I don't know what else to do. You want me to take a polygraph test? And she's being sarcastic and says, would you be so kind? So he asks her, who hurt you? I've been wanting to ask you that for a while now because I didn't. Well, excited. Aside from that one little situation, I haven't given you a reason to not trust me. I've been on my best behavior, but accusing me of shit that I'm not doing is going to get old quick, which it definitely will. Um, I'm not apologizing for somebody else's actions. You can go through my phone whenever you feel like it. You can go everywhere with me if you want to. I'm open to you real open but you're making me pay for something that i didn't do to you anytime you ask me something i give you the real and so that makes her pause a little bit because you know like the question who hurt you and the man who hurt her was a piece of shit and she thinks you know if i ever get my hand on him i would probably kill him i have she hasn't seen him since she was 18 and he was in the store with another woman and rushed out when you know, they locked eyes with each other. And the guy's name was Felton Moses. And so Mayhem is about to get on the plane. And Zenobia and Ankara are looking down, like as he says goodbye to his family. And she breaks up with him right before he gets on the plane. Because she says, I need you. We need you placing her hand on her stomach but apparently they need you more i can't compete with that and he's like what the fuck are you talking about compete you are the love of my life you ain't got to compete with nobody i am over that girl and this whew, i hate like the constant back and forth or the constant repeating of something because if i have to repeat it too many times i'm done with the situation and he has had to say that too many times and he tells her, you know, you're unbelievable. You come over here, break my heart, then have the nerve to say that you just want to be friends. Well, we don't have a choice to, but to be friends. We have a child on the way. So if us breaking up is what you want, then I have no choice but to honor that, right? And so since we're not together anymore, I can fuck her now, right? You won't be mad at all. And so she smacks him and then she walks away like she's done. And when Frank gets in the car to take her home, he like smacks her leg and says, why you do my boy like that? You foul as fuck. Mayhem don't want that girl. And you broke up with him for no reason. I ain't never seen him not be able to speak. You left that nigga speechless. 
He could barely give me instructions because he couldn't breathe. He was literally having a panic attack in my face. You foul. And she tells him, you know, like, that's your best friend or your bruh, as you call him. You'll say anything, <clears throat> excuse me, to defend him. So don't hit me again. And so he shows her a text message. And he's like, you know, I normally don't do this, but I want you to see this. So Mayhem wrote him one day and says, dog, this love shit feels good. I ain't never, oh, excuse me. I ain't never think I would find somebody I love more than Nobi. I literally don't feel shit for that girl at all. Alina got all of me. Like, I'm crazy as fuck about her. She batshit crazy, but I love that shit. She body slammed me like she was a wrestler. What type of shit is that? I want her to feel secure with me, but I don't know what else to do. Can you look into her and see what you find? I know somebody hurt her, but who is the question? I just want to quote unquote talk to him. So after that, she starts boohoo crying and Frank just asks her, what am I going to find, Olina? So Zenobia is ecstatic watching all of this play out from the plane. Um, but Ankara says, oh man, Miss Olina looks upset. I hope she doesn't stress the baby out. And so Zenobia tells on herself, she's like, the baby, your dad confirmed that she's pregnant. How did you know that he would that he said that she was pregnant? And she realized she's talking too much, but she's saved by a phone call from Santana. And they're going back and forth. She says some very homophobic things that I'm not gonna repeat. And then when she comes back from her phone call, Mayhem is on the plane. And Ankara asks, Is Miss Olina mad at you? Did you guys break up? You didn't have to come if it was going to make Miss Olina mad. I don't want that. I don't want her to stress out the baby. And, you know, he smiles at her and says, I'm good. Plus, didn't you tell me that you wanted me to come and you wouldn't forgive me if I didn't? Your stepmother is fine and your little sibling will be fine as well. I'm going to make sure of it. What did I tell you about worrying about grown folks business? And Ankara says, wait a minute. I never told you that, dad. And so he's pulling out his phone about to go through the messages and... Zenobia is about to get caught up and it's just like girl you didn't think about that like okay yeah you deleted them out of her phone but if they ever talked about it again it's still on his phone dummy um but three nights ago when Ankara left her phone in the kitchen it lit up with a text message from Mayhem and once again she's going through her daughter's phone and he asked her if she would be upset if he skipped this trip and he planned something for them later down the line. And Zenobia texts him back pretending to be Ankara said that she would never forgive him if he didn't come. And he just replied, okay. And she erased all the messages. And you know, when I don't think I mentioned this last time in the last episode, when he gets upset, he gets these welts on his face. And so, of course, with what just happened with Olina outside of the plane, he's starting to develop those welts again. And the doctor, like, tries to bring the focus on that. But he says, you know, no, I'm fine. It'll go away eventually. So a couple hours later, when Mayhem and Ankara are asleep, the doctor turns to her and says, you're welcome. And she tries to play it off like she don't know what he's talking about. And he said, you know, you were getting ready to lose the trust of your daughter a few hours ago. It doesn't take a rocket, science to, rocket scientist to know that you have been texting this man pretending to be his daughter. Why? 
And she tells him, you don't understand. I hurt him so bad and I want him back. I deserve a good man. I'm a good woman. No, you're not, but okay. And you think being conniving is going to get him back? And what about that makes you a good woman? He probably just lost the best thing that ever happened to him back there. And you think that's okay. He has a child on the way. And you don't think that's going to stress her since you and I both know that they're more than likely arguing about this trip. Did you think about any of that? And, you know, she's getting all upset. Like, who are you to judge me? And it's like, I'm not here to judge. I'm just making an observation that you're clearly too blinded to see. And as a man, I don't see him ever getting back with you. I mean, he's not. He said it several times in the text that you sent to him. And I don't think he's only telling himself that. If you described his character to me properly, his mind is made up. And for some reason, her... <laughs> Do I want to call her crazy? Basically crazy... She don't want to hear none of that. She believes like he's doing all of this for her in some way because he still cares about her. He just doesn't want to admit it. So she drifts off to sleep watching her, what she thinks is her soon-to-be husband. And it's like, bitch, you are really crazy. And so they get Marcus all set up for surgery and they're taking him in. And as soon as the door closes... She breaks down, Zenobia, and Mayhem sits next to her and starts rubbing her back to comfort her. And Ankara sits on the other side and, you know, she's crying as well. Because it's just like, God, please let my baby make it out of this surgery and he be healed. So, and she takes that as a sign that this is the first step to them getting back to where they were eight years ago. It's like, no, this is just a man comforting you in a hard time. And so a week later, Olena makes an emergency appointment with her doctor to get an abortion because she's feeling some type of way. And, you know, she's basically done with mayhem and she doesn't want to have any ties to her. And Taiwan asks her what color dress does she want to wear to her funeral? Because when mayhem finds out, she's basically dead. And when she gets to the doctor's office her doctor's trying to talk her out of it and she tells her to lay back and she's doing an ultrasound and she's like listen listen this is what you're trying to get rid of and as she's moving it she notices something and there's actually two babies in there instead of one the other one must have been hiding behind the first baby that they saw in there and then there's two men that burst into the room. They're wearing suits and they look like they're detectives and they are there to serve the doctor and Olena, but they call her Olena Hill Bailey. And she says, that's not my name. So you could take this back. Taiwan takes the envelope and opens it and she starts laughing and she tells Olena, you're busted. Mayhem knew Knows you better than what you think he does. And this is saying that if you get rid of his kid, he will sue you. He wants the kid, you don't. And she's like, you know, he can't do that. And the men tell her, you know, yes, he can. It's hard, but he has a case. You guys are married. He has you on tape saying that you want to have his baby. He has all your text messages about starting a family. He has all of the pregnancy tests that you took. And... She says, we are not married, but they show her a piece of paper of a marriage certificate stating that they got married the day that he left for Haiti. And so basically, it's just like, you know, 
he has a case and the court date can be set for eight months out. So that would be around the time that she had the baby. So she cannot get an abortion. And it's just like, really? So anyway, she gets out her phone, unblocks him and calls him. And he's quiet for a minute. But then he asks her, do you really think that I will let you get rid of my child? This is a new low, even for you. Come on, you know me better than that. And she doesn't say anything. Then she says, it's two of them. Two of these little evil bastards. You are an idiot and we are not married. While you're over there, have one of those Haitian grandmas voodoo that evil spirit out of you. And, you know, of course, he's ignoring her. And all he hears is, we're having twins. Yes, apparently, since I can't get rid of them, yes, we are. And he tells her, I love you so much. I would love for you to carry my children. But if you don't want to, I won't stop you. And she's getting ready to tell him, Tell him that she changed her mind. But he tells her, psych, you get rid of my kids and I'll get rid of you. Either way, you won't have the kids. And I'm just like, damn, y'all so mean to each other. <laughs> it's like, this is not a laughing matter, but it kind of is. Because couples are funny, man. If you ever just sit back day to day and listen to a couple talk all day, shit is hilarious. Um, so after the conversation is over and she hangs up, the doctor asks her, so will I see you next month? And she says, yes, I was just having a moment. So Taiwan and the doctor are celebrating. And then we go back over to Haiti and Mayhem is having a shower. And next thing you know, Zenobia walks her pregnant, I mean, naked self into the uh, shower and it's just like, girl, what are you doing here? But he allows her in because she asks, could she come in? And he says, yes. And next thing you know, she just starts to cry. And then she looks up at him and says, I'm sorry. Sorry for hurting you and making your heart cold. I'll let you, I'll let you torture me. Do whatever you want to do to me. I just want you back. I need you back. I'll accept your other child as my own. And Carl told me that y'all broke up. And... He tells her, you know, we did break up. I'm sorry for hurting you too. Sorry for not making you feel loved. That's my fault. I did love you. I was in love with you more than you will ever know or understand. I could have taken you to meet my parents sooner. You were a great woman and you deserved that. And he also apologizes for hitting her when he first saw her again. And she tries to make it up to him by getting on her knees, but he isn't responding for her. And she says, you know, like, why aren't you getting hard? You still love me. You know you do. And he tells her, yes, I love you. I still do. I'll never stop. You have a part of my heart that'll, that'll be there forever. Over the years without you, I had to realize that you can love someone and not be with them. I want the best for you. I want you to find someone who loves you as much as who loves you as much as you love them. And that person is not me anymore. I thank you for loving me the best that you knew how. Some of the love I accepted and some of it I didn't. And that wasn't your fault. It was mine. And he tells her, you know, I wish you nothing but the best, but me and you will never be together again. And he also tells her to find a better person to be with. You didn't think that I, was, I wasn't going to do a background check on you, did you? And so as soon as she leaves, you know, he continues his shower. And when he gets out, he texts Olena and says, you know, truth moment. Please read this message in its entirety before you go off. And he tells her everything that just happened. And she basically tells him, nigga, bye. You blocked again. You lying. I don't want to hear nothing. 
and he's going out shopping with Ankara and once again Ankara has invited her mom and it's like Ankara's 12 it's time to have a conversation like if I invite you somewhere sweetheart and I didn't invite your mom that is not your go-to to invite her along so Olina has started back talking to Rusty and she's also been sneaking out to see Noah because she has security outside of her house all the time courtesy of Mayhem. And this morning she was going to pregnancy yoga with Rusty and she had him like parked down the street and he's climbing over fences and stuff just to get to the back of her house. So the security that's supposed to be watching her house doesn't see him walk up and uh oh excuse me she goes upstairs to pack her bag for the yoga class making sure that she has everything and when she comes back downstairs she sees mayhem with his gloves and gun and rusty has a perfect bullet hole in his head on her couch and she tells him you know please stop killing people and all he says is, I thought he was a burglar. And she tells him, you knew who Rusty was. I'm going to call the cops. And he's just so happy to see her. He says, oh, you look so beautiful, baby. My kids got you glowing. And she says, I am glowing because I haven't been in bullshit for three weeks. Being stress-free makes you glow. And so he asks her, you know, what are you going to say to the cops? I want to make sure you have your story straight. I'm going to tell them that you keep killing people who actually like me and want to treat me right. Okay, that could work. But when you say keep, what does keep mean? Has there been more than one? Yes, you know you you killed Jacoby. Hmm, why didn't you come to us then? And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And he tells her, you know, I'm speaking as if I were a detective. They're going to ask why you didn't come to us then. And your response is going to be, and by that time she had called the cops. So they're on the phone and you know he's waiting for her to answer and he says you're gonna say because you were scared then their next question is gonna be why weren't you scared then and not scared now you're gonna stutter and have the look on your face that you do now excuse me and then next thing you know you're gonna be in jail as being an accessory so tell them that you butt dial them and hang up and so she does exactly that but then she says i'm telling your mom so she jumps in her car and zooms to his parents' house. And he's, of course, right behind her. And what she thought was the words come in was something else. Because they walk in on his parents having sex. And she tells him, you know, after they've gotten dressed and came out, Mrs. Bailey, please tell him to stop killing people. So Mama Bailey says, uh, stop killing people. She's like, really? really and so they run down the whole story and then she turns to his dad like tell him tell him to stop killing people right now so papa bailey is like stop killing people mayhem and she's like all right so ain't nobody taking me serious so she turns to run out the house but he catches her and pulls her into like a side room and he's just looking at her and he calls he's like you know you're so beautiful your skin is glowing you really been happy without me this last month you don't want me no more and 
she's like, you know, I've just been stress free. You come with too much stuff. Your baby with charisma. No, uh, Zenobia and her kids. And the fact that they're moving here. I just can't take that type of stress. I haven't been happy without you, but I have been stress free. So he wants her to take her top off so he can see her stomach and see his kids. But she's like, no, can you respond to what I just said? And he's like, you know, charisma's kids, not mine. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. I don't have nothing to do with Zenobia moving back here. I told you that she just found out her husband was gay. She probably wants to get away from him. Can you blame her? And she tells him that she met someone and she's going to see where they can go. So he pulls out his phone and calls Frank and tells him to comb through her phone record and find out who she's been calling, you know, the most these last four weeks. And she's like, are you for real? I was just joking. He's like, of course you were. Take off your top, please. And so she takes off her shirt and he takes off his. And they just have this skin to skin contact and it's a beautiful moment that they're having. And he tells her, I want us to get back to being us. Like, I want us to be together. Help me learn to love you the way you need to be loved. And I'll do the same. I'm going to continue to see my therapist so I can continue on my path to becoming a better man. But I can't do that without you and my kids. So, you know, they talk a little bit more and they come to an agreement and she double checks, you know, make sure there's no way that Charisma's baby can be his and that nothing else happened while he was in Haiti with Zenobia. And so then he asks her, are you ready? Ready. Ready to submit to me fully. Be my doll, my girlfriend, my future wife. And she says, yes, sir. So then they have sex and they make up and they go home and everything has been lovely so over the next week you know he is infatuated with his baby mama and you know he just doesn't want to do anything but be around her and you know basically like consume her they are in love now now frank did get the envelope on her you know all her background information but Olena told him, you know, if you trust me, you won't open that envelope. So he hasn't opened it at all, but he keeps looking at it and, you know, he wants to open it so bad. So he has a appointment with his therapist and, you know, he's talking, rehashing all of what happened and how he just feels so much better. He looked, you know, like the therapist told him, you know, you even look happy. You look great. You look blessed. And... You know, he walks out with a good attitude, but he is apprehensive about Noah. Noah is the only thing that he feels a way about because he doesn't want Olena to be friends with him. But there's nothing going on between them. And she told him, you know, I'm going to have male friends, just friends, and you're going to have to get over it. So as he's leaving his therapy session, Zenobia calls him and tells him that she's been looking for places in Chicago, but everything is so out of her budget. So she wants to know if her and the kids can stay with him. And he's like, hell no. I'll see if I can find you a place, but my girl is not going to have that. You know, like my child can come stay, but you can't. And she's like, oh, y'all got back together. It's like, girl, how many times do he have to tell you he don't want you? How many times? 
Jesus. And so after he says, like, yeah, we did get back together, it's silence on the phone. And he tells her, you know, like, I'll try to help you find a place, but that's pretty much it. And I'll do that to through Frank. Like, please stop talking to me. And so later on, this fool has broken into Noah's house and is just walking around looking at all his stuff until he hears Noah come into the house and he's sitting on the couch waiting for him. And when Noah walks in, he's actually on the phone with Olena and he yells out, oh shit, but Mayhem like motions to him, like, don't let her know that I'm here and that you see me. And so he's there because he just wants to know about the relationship between Noah and Olena. And he's like, you know, am I going to have to saw your dick off with a butter knife and feed it to you because you plan on making moves on my baby mama? And he's like, no, me and Olena are just friends and I don't want to die a virgin. And he's like, what? You a 30 year old virgin? And he's like, yeah, you know, my mom told me don't practice in premarital sex. And he listened to her. Just like, I don't know why. But anyway, um, so Zenobia is back in Arizona. The surgery went successful. And the only bad part is that she is continuing to live in the house with no not in the house i'm sorry she's living with her friend paris because santana has been trying to serve her with papers for custody rights over marcus and she's been avoiding him and so one day her and paris are talking and paris asks her you know what are these vials that you have in my refrigerator and she brought them back from haiti because she saw them in a storefront, like locked up in a cage. And the lady told her that they were love potions. And she told her that it would help the person she wants to fall in love with her. The minute Zenobia heard that, you know, she instantly bought two of them. And the lady told her, you know, you drink half and the person that you want to fall in love with, have, have them drink the other half. And Paris is looking at her like she is insane because she is and tells her, girl, please do not do this to yourself. That shit don't work. And you ain't going to do nothing but embarrass yourself. Mayhem has already told you he don't want you anymore. And here you are wasting money that you don't have and buying shit that's not going to work. Be honest with me. Is that the only reason why you're moving or trying to move to Chicago just so you can be closer to him? And she don't say nothing. It's like, of course you are, you dummy. And... Then she gets a FaceTime from Frank, who tells her, you know, he found her place. It's a three-bedroom and three-bathroom, 2,000 square feet, and Mayhem is going to pay for all her moving expenses and everything for the first four months. And after that, you're on your own. The house is in a good area, and the school is a few miles away, and I'm going to wire $5,000 to your account for moving expenses. Does that sound okay? Yeah. I can't believe he's doing that for me. That we can agree on. And I love Frank. Frank don't hold no punches. He don't give not one fuck. Um, but he also tells her, listen, before I go, let me tell you something. My brother is doing this out of the goodness of his heart and against the advisement of myself and his brother. So let me tell you this. You come down here and be on some crazy shit. My sister can't whoop your ass because she's pregnant with twins, but I do got some girls who walk around with blades in their cheeks ready for action. Just let my brother take care of his daughter. That's it.
So Zenobia has moved to Chicago. They're all moved in, all settled in. And Mayhem comes over every night to talk to the kids and tuck them both in. And when he gets home to Olena, like they're having a shower together. And she lets him know that tomorrow she's going to go to Noah's to help him pick out some clothes for his date that he's having. That, you know, like a girl he met, whatever. And Mayhem has a problem with this. He's like, man, he a grown ass man. He could pick out his own clothes. Don't you trust me? Yes, but I don't trust him. I can't trust no 30-year-old virgin nigga. And, you know, she's turning around. She's like, how do you know that? And before he can even explain himself, she just holds up her hand and turns around. And later on when they're in bed, she asks him, you know, you don't trust me? I'm not Zenobia Pryor. I love and trust you. I've submitted to you. I'm yours. I promise you that you don't have to share me, but you're too paranoid to see that. It's not that, Olena. I, I just wanted to check him out. I need to make sure he ain't no psycho. Well, you're a psycho. What's one more? And, you know, once again, they have to have the conversation of he's just my friend. And that's all it is to it. So Zenobia comes to Rich Cuts to get Marcus a haircut and when she walks in you know she asks malice can you give my son a cut if you have any openings and then ankara wants to see olena you know wanting to see if she's a, with a client so she can go back there and watch and cam tells her you know actually i think your dad is here let me see and so zenobia tries to fix herself up just in case mayhem is there and the whole shop attention is on Ankara when she screams and yells out dad and she jumps into his arms when he comes from the back so of course everybody is confused because don't nobody know mayhem business like that and but he does introduce her saying everybody this is my daughter Ankara and then when you look over at Marcus he's looking down with like a sad face and so he says and my son Marcus and so this further drives home for Zenobia that they are meant to be together. And that is her man right there. And Olena comes from the back. And for some reason, she speaks to her. But Olena sits in one of the styles, style, Lord, seats and doesn't say anything to her. And the stylist is like, you know, she said, hey to you, girl. And Olena, I don't even know why she gave this life. I wouldn't have responded to the stylist either. Like... I heard both of y'all, but I don't care. I'm not talking to her. And they have this whole back and forth. And this is when Olena lets her know, like, I know you from back in the day. You've been a mean-spirited person ever since I first met you. Because she was the girl that was with Mayhem at that basketball event who was talking about her skin back then because she had bad acne. And she says, Ugh, at least you cleaned up your skin. And Malice warns her, like, don't start no drama or you will be kicked out of here. I don't care who you are. And so later, well, while um, Marcus is still getting the haircut, Zenobia asks Mayhem if he will take the kids with him and she'll come pick them up later. So when she does come back to get the kids, she claims to have to talk to Mayhem and Ankara's like, oh crap, my dad asked for his Yeti cup 10 minutes ago. So she offers to take it to him 
And while she's walking up the stairs, she ducks off to the bathroom and pulls those vials from her purse. She drinks half of one and then pours the whole one into Mayhem's cup and like shakes it up and takes it to him. So when she gets there, she's like, you know, Ankara told me to bring you this cup and he has to slam down his computer because he's actually watching Olena at Noah's house. And, you know, like he takes the cup and he starts drinking and he's like, you know, the thank you meant for you to get out. And she says, I'm just going to jump out on a limb and say this. I think that we can make this work. I think that me and you and she starts to get hot and her heart rate is pumping. And it's like, girl, you don't know what was in that volley. You just swallowed that shit with no problem. And he tells her, we can't make nothing work. Come on now, you got to move on. I told you when we were in Haiti that I didn't want shit else to do with you. And, you know, he stands up, but he stumbles. So he's looking at her like, did you put something in my drink? And he's like trying to get to her, but he can't. So he goes over to the wall and turns the fan on and he's fanning himself. And she tells him, you know, just sit down. It's going to make us fall in love with each other. And she pushes him down onto the bed and start pulling his pants down. And he's telling her, get off me, get off me. I'm going to kill you. Get off me. And then she climbs on top of him and starts riding him. And she tells him, you know, just come, please just come. You'll feel better. I promise. And then boom, she turns around and in the doorway is a deranged looking Olena. So earlier, Olena, you know, like she went to Noah's house helping him get ready. And then she gets a call from, oh, no, my bad. She was talking to Noah first and she told him about her first time. Her first time was when she was 16 and it was in the backseat of a car and the guy paid her $200. And his name was Felton Moses, the Felton Moses guy. And everything was going good for two years until one day she called him and the number was no longer in service. Then one day she's walking in the grocery store and she sees him with a woman. They locked eyes and he bolted from the store with the woman on his arm. And she got her payback though. She knew his bank inf bank information, excuse me, and she stole every money, every amount out of his uh his account. And then there's a knock on his door, but he says he wasn't expecting anybody and it's his parents. So he says, you know, I hope you don't mind meeting them. They're probably here to fuss at me about missing Wednesday night uh, church service because his dad is a pastor. I forgot to mention that. And so his mom is acting real uh, like first ladies do. And then his dad comes in and says, what is all this commotion about? And it's a voice that Olena hasn't heard in 10 years. And it's Felton. But his name is actually Noel Mason Sr. And she asks him, you know, she has to play it off as if she doesn't know him. But then she asks him, how old is he? And he's 46. So she has to get out of there. And while she's sitting in the car, she does the math. So when she was 16, although quote-unquote Felton who was really no senior told her that he was 18 he was actually 34 
So he was, ugh, he raped her, fucking predator. And so she's about to call Mayhem and tell him about this. Because although she tells him to stop killing people, this is one person she wouldn't mind him killing. Um, But before she can call him, Cam calls her and tells her, girl, I've been calling you for the last 30 minutes. I ain't trying to be messy now, but no, uh, Nobi is in the room with Mayhem and the door is closed. So, you know, she rushes over there, busts in the room and she sees, you know, Zenobi on top of Mayhem riding him. So she fires up her taser and runs over to them and she's going back and forth between tasing both of them until Malice pulls her off of Mayhem. And, you know, she's like, she's screaming, I loved you. I loved you. I gave up everything for you. I told you I would kill you if you ever cheated on me. And, you know, after Malice pulls her off, she rushes out the door and gets into her car. But she makes sure to slam into Zenobia's car a few times before she completely gets out of the driveway. And she sees Malice and Trent running out of the house with Mayhem and Zenobia in their arms respectfully and Cam is calling her on the phone and she's like what Mayhem is not fucking breathing you killed him bitch Cam screams into the phone and then that's the end of book two this is to be continued so I hope to see you back tomorrow for the third and final part of a Mayhem's love peace and blessings my beautiful people